Welcome to HF 101, 15 minutes on narrowing the college search. This is the second episode of a four-part series on preparing HF students for the next steps after graduation. I'm your host, John Elfner, and in the next 15 minutes, we're going to cover the basics of narrowing the college search. If you haven't listened to the first episode, I recommend you go back to episode one, Meeting Our College and Career Counselors, and that'll help you with some of what we're going to talk about today. And speaking of which, let's get to today's focus. In the United States alone, there are 3,982 colleges. With so many choices, how do you decide? How can you narrow that number down to something in the single digits that's ultimately right for you? Well, that challenge is why Homewood Flossmoor High School has two post-secondary counselors, and one of their main jobs is to help students effectively evaluate schools to find the best fit. So let's get started. Here's Brad and Kevin. My name is Brad Kane, and I'm a college consultant at Homewood Flossmoor High School. I um, became a guidance counselor at Homewood Flossmoor High School, where I spent the first 10 years of my career, and the last 10 has been as a college consultant there. My name is Kevin Coy, and I'm a college consultant at Homewood Flossmoor High School, and I've been in the position for 10 years. HF is extraordinarily fortunate to have two full-time post-secondary counselors whose entire job is to help students and parents plan for the post-secondary experience. And both Kevin and Brad have served as admissions counselors at universities in their combined 40 years of experience dealing with colleges. They've developed strategies to take some of the stress out of what can be a very stressful experience for students and parents. And they recommend as the first step to narrow the nearly 4,000 college choices in America to a manageable list. And what do they recommend as the first step? Go see a few schools. Kevin likes to talk about something he terms Corridor 74. Corridor 74. So normally what I talk to families, students and families about is that taking that tour of the Corridor 74. And what this does is this uh, puts students on, puts families on a on four different campuses, four different atmospheres, just to kind of see, you know, what those schools are like. And Brad points out a geographical advantage that we have living in the Chicagoland area. So when we start talking about the um, visiting process, right, going out and seeing some different places and researching schools, uh, I think the great thing about where we live is that you have just about every um, type of school that you can imagine, even sometimes within an hour, hour and a half radius of here. That's true, and Kevin's about to reveal what Corridor 74 stands for. Let's have him give us a description. I usually say, hey, Jump in the car, drive two hours south, and head down 57, and you'll run into this wonderful state university that is blue and orange, the University of Illinois. That is our large state public landship institution, university. Take a look at that school, see how it feels. That's roughly 40,000 students on the campus, so do they feel comfortable in that environment? But that's just the beginning of your day. Now you gotta look at a different kind of school, and here's where Kevin's gonna reveal what the 74 stands for. Next, hop in, the, hop in the car and start driving west on 74. You'll run into wonderful, normal Illinois, which is Illinois State University. Still a large public university, but a little bit more smaller, about 26,000 students on there. Then from there, you jump in the car, drive right down the block, and you hit Illinois Wesleyan University, which is a small private school, about 3,000 students. Take a look at that school. And then you jump in the car and keep heading west, and you'll head to this wonderful university in Peoria, Illinois, Bradley University. Now you've visited four different schools, four different environments, four different sizes, and you can see what you like. See things that you liked on those campuses, things that you didn't like, and then from there, what you can start doing is, 
hey, Mr. Coy, Mr. Kane, I really like this on this campus. I like this on this campus, but I didn't like this. What other schools are available that are like this? You talk about schools in the city, right? In a city feel, suburban feel, uh, maybe not even in a suburb, but also in the middle of cornfields. You have small schools in those areas and you have very large schools. So you can do these visits uh, without having to travel very far. Uh, it makes a lot of opportunities for our families to really gain a, a, a good idea of what the student is interested in and the type of school that they're really navigating towards or drawn to as they go through the process. And that experience isn't just helpful for students. It really makes things easier for Kevin and Brad. Because once they hear what you liked and what you didn't like about the schools, they can start thinking of other schools that might be a good fit. I had one student this past year. Um, she was looking at a wide variety of wide variety of schools, and she was actually looking at, she was a specific neuroscience, and she was looking at certain schools and said, I really like this environment. You know, are there other schools like that? And I actually said, hey, why don't you take a look at University of Iowa? Go and visit that campus and see what you think. She ended up going and visiting and ended up loving it and now is going to be a freshman on that University of Iowa campus. Here's the other question Brad and Kevin get. Once I'm on campus, what should I do? And this isn't just for campuses on the 74 corridor. This is good advice for any campus. First thing you should do is take a tour of campus, usually given by a student worker at the university. Uh, these are very scripted tours. They'll take you exactly where they want you to go and what they exactly would like you to see. Uh, they'll show you that dorm room that uh, dressed up just to show uh, that you may or may not ever get to see or live in. So it's a very good opportunity to get a good bird's eye view of what they would like you to see at the university, the important things, right? The things that most students would ask about. This is what you'll get on that tour. But Brad recommends don't stop there. Use your curiosity to explore a little bit. After you're done with the tour, I would encourage you to explore that campus or the places that they did not take you. Go to the corners where it's not as popular or that new tree has not been planted yet. These are the other things that you need to see on those college campuses. I like to take some time uh, throughout the day that I'm, or time that I'm there is to go sit in the cafeteria for a few minutes. See what the students are eating, see what the students are talking about, just see what the, the physical lunchtime looks like on that, that campus. It will give you a good idea of the feel or the personality that a lot of students also have on that campus, right? You always get a good mix, but I also think you get a personality feel of, of what the students are talking about. Are they talking about what they talked about in class? Or are they talking about what they're gonna do on the weekend? Two different types of places, and each of them are great. It's just kind of what the family is looking for. Brad's last recommendation is to talk to a student who's been on that campus for a while. The third thing I like to do when I'm on a college campus is I always like to stop a random student and ask them about their experience on the campus. And so how this conversation would go for me is, excuse me, could I talk to you for a second? And I ask them just for a little bit of their opinion on, on the school. Sometimes uh, you will get really positive um, thoughts about what's happening on those campuses. Sometimes you get an angry student who's not very happy, but all those things make good information to pull back to see if this is a place that that student or family wants to um, send their child. Okay, so you visited a few campuses, looked at what their cafeteria looks like, maybe even talked to a student who's currently enrolled. It's time to start making a list. Here's what Brad and Kevin think you should be thinking about next. So I have three categories. There's the target school, which is a school that you feel pretty comfortable that you can get into. There's the reach school, which 
you know, even if you're a 4.0, 36, 1600 on the SAT, still not sure whether you'll get in or not. And then I like to call them foundation schools. And foundation schools are those schools that you feel really comfortable that you can get into, and it's also affordable for the families. You don't want a list of all reach schools, but sometimes you don't want a list of all foundation schools either. So you want to kind of have a good mix of those schools. It's so much to think about, but in the end, Kevin and Brad really emphasize that the personality of the school has to be the personality fit of each individual student. Personality fit, as Brad had mentioned earlier, there's a number of different things that a student is looking at in a campus, and really what you want to do and that family wants to look at is, you know, what it, what actually, and this takes some, this takes some time and some thinking from a student, is to sit back and say, what exactly am I looking for on a college campus? And they need to be, so when they go and visit those campuses, they need to put themselves in that, in that atmosphere and say, do I feel comfortable on this campus? So whether it's the cafeteria food or whether it's the residence hall or whether it's the way the professor teaches in the classroom or the size of the classroom. Do they want a large classroom? Do they want a small classroom? Those are things that they need to think about as far as, you know, their personality and how it's going to fit on a different campus. Talk about personality fits. There's lots of different pieces that go to this, right? And there's academic fit. There is social fit. There's you know, cafeteria food fit, right? There's all types of different fits. It's, I think it's really important to ask those questions of yourself and what is important to you while you're on those campuses. On a weekend in the fall, there are some schools where students will strictly worry about the football game. There's also other places that um, we may talk about that don't have a football program, that the weekend is a time for to spend in library and prepare for the week. And both of those schools are great places for the right student. Does a student want a place where after class they go and talk about what was just discussed in class? Or are they more comfortable in an environment where maybe we'll talk a little bit about class, but mostly it's about what we're going to do in the afternoon or that weekend. Both absolutely fine environments to be in. It's really just trying to understand where the student feels most comfortable. The more comfortable that the student feels on that college campus, the more likely they are to take advantage of everything that college has to offer. That's great advice from Kevin and Brad. But let's hear from a couple of students who took that advice. Grace Opid just graduated from HF. Class of 2022. And she's headed off to Illinois State University to pursue a major in theater education. Jeffrey Harris II is headed to Western Michigan University, where he'll be studying aviation flight science. Grace and Jeffrey, tell us about your experience. I met with Mr. Coy. It was very broad, obviously. And so... To narrow it, I needed advice because there's so many schools out there. I basically made Google Docs and I just had like listed colleges that I think would be good for my major. And every year, basically at the end of the year, update my document to organize my colleges and like my thoughts with those colleges. It was definitely helpful because he said at the end of the summer going into senior year, make sure you have at least five to three schools that you really want to apply to. So I was like, okay, sounds good. Um, I, I've been looking at colleges all around the country, and I sort of had a few general ideas of what I wanted to do as a major, so I wanted to make sure that I had my options open. And so I sort of looked at colleges through that scope in terms of the major, and I let things like flow from there. So I was like, I want to go out there and see the world. And then I talked to Mr. Coy about it. He was like, that's what every kid wants to do. They all want to go so far, and then they go far and then they don't want to be that far. 
thing that puts a school on my list, location, financial, costs and stuff. Diversity for me as a minority is important. Student life, social life, extracurriculars and clubs and things like that. Um, those are just a few examples. And then I went to go to campuses. For me, it's like I have to feel as though like this could be my home. And some of them, it was like, oh yeah, absolutely. But some of them were like, mm, not, not really. First school I visited was Purdue. And that experience wasn't really the best for me. And then the next week after that, I visited Western Michigan. And that experience was actually really, really good, which is why I ended up going there. The first time I visited ISU, it was like, oh, this is home. All the people were so friendly. And I love, like, the campus. I mean, it's beautiful. Everything's so close together. So that's, that was really the, like, this is where I want to be. I didn't know what to expect, but once I walked in, I knew that I really think that this might be the place. That, that was when I walked in. I was like, wow. Because now it's not like, oh my God, I'm going to college. It's like, oh, I'm taking this next chapter in my life and I'm going to college. And it's not super scary anymore. Grace and Jeffrey took the advice Brad and Kevin gave them, and it looks like it worked out for them. You can hear in both of their voices how the personality fit was so important for the schools they chose, and how they feel so at home at their new colleges. Jeffrey and Grace, good luck in the next step of your lives. That ticking clock can only mean one thing. It's time for our recurring segment with our superintendent, Dr. Scott Wakely. We call it One Minute with Wakely, and here's how it works. I put 60 seconds on the clock, and Dr. Wakely has one minute to tell us everything he can about narrowing the college search. Are you ready, Dr. Wakely? On your marks, get set, go. The college selection process is probably one of the most stressful aspects that our students have when they're juniors and seniors making that final selection. It's part of the college counselor's role to really take some of that stress away. It's a tremendous opportunity and it should be a time of excitement, not anxiety and stress. And, and that is an area that we certainly can support our students and our parents. So in, in regards to uh, selection of, of college, I think the, uh, one of the important aspects that I've seen is they, they pick a college based on the perceptions of others, whether that's really, does the college really fit their needs? Does it take them to a place where they hope to be at the end of four years? It's a very expensive endeavor, but ultimately it has to be the right fit uh, for each individual student. Well-timed and well-said, Dr. Wakely. Thanks for sharing those thoughts with us. My time's almost up. Before I go, I want to encourage you to go to hfhighschool.org. Search for college planning on the HF website, and you'll find everything you need to know to help you with post-secondary planning. Or click on the link in this podcast episode description, and it'll get you right there. You'll find all sorts of things at that website that'll help you and your family in the college planning process. Our next episode might be the most important, FAFSA. If you don't know what this is, definitely take a listen. FAFSA opens up on October 1st, so that's the day the next episode will drop. This is John Elfner thanking you for joining us on HF 101.